Welcome to The Flight, a consumable curation of champions and catastrophes that is considerate of your chronometer. Welcome back to another edition of The Flight. It's me, Chris, and I am joined, as always, by Shane, the Diggity Dick Dragon Koski. Hey. What's up? How's it going? We are going to have a super episode today. Ooh. It's an enhanced entertainment system of episodes but before we get into that how are, how are you feeling shane are you are you ready to talk some super nintendo I, you you know i am i'm i'm already i'm 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 always ready for some some snes content i think about i mean okay i'm just gonna get right out of front of this thing and say that i don't think most of this is gonna be a surprise to literally anyone although i think i'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a curveball in there so oh We'll keep you on your toes, at least a little bit. And for this topic, we would like to thank Thunderdome Gaming Society, a.k.a. Lunchbox, a.k.a. The Disgruntled Gamer. They have a great YouTube channel. You should go check that out. They're also a patron, and that's how they suggested this topic for the top five SNES games for this episode. And you can also vote on these if you head over to our link tree and find the Patreon link there, which is linktr.ee slash retro hangover. So if you want to suggest topics for the flight and vote on topics for the flight, just head on over there, just like Thunderdome Gaming Society did. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to more topics. So I guess that's that's all to be said here. So uh, Shane, yes. we got a top five list to do, and that top five list is where we said it's our top Five Super Nintendo games. Pretty big topic here. Yeah. I think this is pretty heavy. I, I hope I, at least I hope I don't fuck this up. I'm very worried about this. <laughs> but uh, Shane, how about you start out with your number five? Number five. All right. My number five is Mario Paint. That's right. Mario Paint. Uh, what I realized about this, by the way, is that, uh, there are a lot of, well, I guess I already knew this, but there are a lot of very good high quality Super Nintendo games that I did not have any experience with growing up. So <laughs> I have a lot of stuff that's just totally going to be missing from this list. So this is, this is very specific to me. Um, uh, but yeah, Mario Paint takes my number five because I spent, a lot of time just dicking around in the, the various different like creative modes that Mario paint had. I had, well, I shouldn't say in the past tense, I still have it, but, uh, I have the super Nintendo mouse and that hard plastic mouse pad that it came with. And I would just sit and just doodle or do like the you know color by number or fill in the colors thing in there um attempt to try to make music which usually was hilariously bad i i was never as good at that as some of those people you see on like youtube and stuff now just creating entire fucking you know orchestral compositions in mario paint somehow uh that was not me but I sure did make some funny noises and made that baby one go goo goo gaga or whatever. So there was that. Um, and I, I also remember playing the the mini games like the fly swatter one quite a bit as well. Plus, I think it was just the novelty back at the time because this doesn't mean shit to anybody now. Right. Because like we 
all have computers. We all are used to mice and keyboards and whatnot. But but back then, it really was a novelty to have a mouse uh, hooked up to my gaming console. And I think that was part of the the draw of Mario Paint was just having it be like kind of a, a PC, but not really. But at any rate, I have a lot of fond memories of, of playing around with Mario Paint for hours and hours at a time. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm starting off my list with that one. All right. Thank you, Shane. I, I do think at this point, we do have to say that we are not being objective here. These are our favorite games. We're not trying to like, at least I didn't sit down and be like, oh, what I think the best are. These are no. definitely my favorite. <laughs> no, I'm not I, I don't to, think we've no. ever been objective on any of these fights. Fair point. Yeah. I mean, what is objectivity? It's a miserable pile of secrets. Anyway, uh, my number five that I'm going to start out with here is Act Razor. Mm. And one of the things about Act Razor that's amazing is the fact that you do have the two different styles of play. So if you have not played Act Razor before, the game starts out, I think it starts out, you start in a traditional action platformer stage. You are a dude with a sword, and then you have to make your way through the stage and defeat the boss at the end, much like you would in any sort of stereotypical generic action platformer of the time it's and it's still good like the gameplay is great uh great music by the way because it's done by yuzo koshiro and once you're done with that you go into the sim act aspect or the razor aspect and that's when you get to control a little like a little cherub angel and you have a little bow and arrow and you shoot bad guys while you try to develop the land and have people inherit it like inhabit it and you start out your little base, and then you have to move them around, direct them where they need to go, and maybe you need to summon a lightning bolt to get rid of some trees, or you need to you know, use wind to blow everything out of the area, or use rain to grow crops, that kind of stuff. And that's that's really appealing. And then once you're done with that, then the, the, the town citizens who will bitch at you constantly and tell you they can't do anything without you, they'll tell you that a monster's lair has risen up and then you go do another action stage and you do this for a couple stages. Uh, I think like six or seven or something like that. And then you just, you know, you do a boss rush, which is a giant pain in the ass, but that gameplay loop is so satisfying and I love it. It's a quintet game and it's the first game for the super Nintendo. And it's just an overall very satisfying time that if you like your action games and you also like farm Sims, this is kind of a very early version of combining those two and i highly recommend it to anybody to check out it's a great time so that's my number five is act razor number four all right well moving right along to my number four this is this is my curveball i think after this everybody's just gonna be like yeah that that makes sense but here here's my curveball i've brought this one up before but uh, mine's going to be the Lawnmower Man for Super Nintendo. That's right. Wow. Yeah. The, uh, the, the video game adaptation of the early 90s, what was it 1992, I think, 1992 movie about uh, the perils of, of VR and cyberspace. I just really love this game. Like, it's hard as fuck, but it's another one of those ones that I had played so many times as a kid that I just got good at it. And uh, the funny thing about it is in deciding to put this on my list today for this episode, I went back and uh, did a little bit of a playthrough again, and I have not touched this game in at least 
15 years. And a lot of it came back to me. Like I was doing pretty well. And then I hit a point where I was just like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is a hundred percent memorization. Like I, I forgot how difficult this is, but the thing that I like about it, and I, I honestly do like unironically think this is an underrated game for the Super Nintendo. And it's actually similar to what you were just saying about ActRaiser in that it alternates between two completely different game modes. So half the game is a fairly standard side-scrolling platformer. Um, you play as one of the two protagonists from the movie. You can either choose the the guy or the girl. Don't ask me what their names were. I do not remember. Although one of them is Pierce Brosnan, so that's pretty cool. And yes, yes. Uh, you have a gun that basically you can upgrade by finding um, upgrade items, either by defeating the you know soldiers that are trying to track you down, and they're like attack dogs and other stuff like that. Uh, sometimes you'll find... Uh, what are basically points in the form of <laughs> compact discs that burst out of like trash cans and stuff that you shoot. And if you get enough upgrades, you uh, basically in what's sort of like a ghosts and goblins esque kind of mechanic, you gain a suit. So it's, it's actually the VR suit that they wear in the movie to enter into this like virtual reality space but you will gain that and it's essentially an extra hit because this is a one hit kill game. Um, but if you have that VR suit on by obtaining enough points in a level, then you can take an extra hit without dying. And um, so the side scrolling levels are fairly straightforward, but they're pretty well done. Um, you also have to fight some really weird shit. Like there's a boss that is a sentient uh, gas, two gas pumps <laughs> that like shoot fire at you. So that's interesting. Uh, but what really sells this for me is the other half of the game, which is once you finish a side-scrolling level, you shoot this access-denied red portal. And once you shoot it enough, this sound, this voice clip says, access granted, and then you it turns green. And that's how you exit into the next level. But once you finish a platform level... Every level in between there is a first-person auto-flying level where you are flying through cyberspace, and it is cool as shit. Like, it, it, they are definitely difficult in that you need to know how to sort of, like, quickly navigate around obstacles because you are, like I said, auto-flying. You're not really controlling the speed all that much, so you're just dodging these obstacles as you're sort of soaring through cyberspace. But the cool thing about it is that it builds on itself with every level. So the first level is just a really straightforward, just fly through obstacles and don't hit anything. Then the next one is uh, fly through obstacles, but now realize that you can also go up and down in, a, uh, in addition to side to side. So now there's verticality to the flight that wasn't there in the first level. Then the third VR level you now have a weapon where you have this arm cannon where you will s slow down and stop at a couple points in the flight to shoot at these like VR enemies in sort of like a shooting gallery, like mini segment. And then once you kill enough of them, you continue flying on. And so these sections are really cool. And then after you get through that, there's a whole other like flight section where it's not first person anymore. Now you're in a third person and you're controlling like this ship 
and it just gets progressively more difficult. But like the environments in those VR spaces are so cool to look at. It's very, you know, early 90s vision of what cyberspace would be like. And uh, it's it's actually just really well done. And I feel like literally no one talks about it, but it really has a lot to offer. So I probably could have put this higher on my list, but I think once you hear the rest of mine, you'll know why it's here. But I, I had to include it because I really do think it deserves a shout out. Maybe we need to do an episode on it one day. I'd be down for it. Yeah. Okay. My number four, I, I, I'm just going to, I know we're going to talk about this one later, so I might as well just defer over to Shane after I say what it is. <laughs> and if it's not, I'd be shocked. So uh, just let me know if it's not Shane and then I'll talk about it. But mm. my number four is Turtles in Time. Oh, wow. Crazy. So I, we're, I, I'm just, yeah, I, I can already see where things are going. So um, <laughs> I have my thoughts about what Shane's list might be. So I'm not going to talk about it right now. I'll just, I'll defer my time to Shane later. Oh, okay. We can both hash it out. If, if it is indeed on Shane's list, I guess you'll have to stay tuned to find out. Number three. Well, okay. I guess rolling right into number three in uh, the one of the most least surprising picks ever, Super Mario World. I mean, how could you not pick Super Mario World? Uh, I imagine it's probably on your list. Uh, in which case, maybe, maybe you know what? We'll do a we'll do a swap. Maybe I'll defer Super Mario World to you. I mean, is that is that uh, fair? Is that a fair guess? Go ahead. Go ahead and talk about Super Mario World, Shane. What? What? Holy <laughs> shit. Okay. I, I am. I, I am. I am flabbergasted. <laughs> All right, fine. I guess I'll talk about one of the best games on the Super Nintendo. Uh, Go for it. You, yeah. you have the floor. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, honestly, what is there to say? It's fucking Super Mario World. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's like one of the best platformers ever made. I, to me, this is Mario. Like I, I grew up with the Super Nintendo being my console like that. And the N64 defined almost all of my childhood in terms of like video games. So to me, Super Mario World is and will always be like the definitive 2D Mario game. And there have been others that have come since that I think do a pretty respectable job. Um, but ultimately I think this, this is like peak 2d Mario. As far as I'm concerned, um, the sprite work is just fucking fantastic. Um, the levels are varied and interesting. There are secrets to find and hidden pathways through the overworld to get shortcuts. And I mean, if you know what you're doing, you can actually shortcut like right to the end of the game in like the second world area. So there's just, there's so much there. And it was such a huge step up from, you know, the first three Mario titles on the NES that it, it just, in my opinion, it just blew them away. I mean, we already kind of know what the Agreed. sort of general, general sentiment about Super Mario three is around these parts. I think, <laughs> um, well, at least my sentiment, but I didn't know you felt the same way. Exactly. That's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. M maybe not with as much conviction as you do, but <laughs> uh, I would say that I do actually tend to agree that I feel like that game is really overrated, but, uh, yeah. 
but yeah, no, man. I mean, yeah, I, there's nothing else that I can say about that that you guys probably don't already know. It's it's Super Mario World. It's fantastic. All right. Before I go into my number three, I just want to clarify something here. Uh, as you could probably tell, Super Mario World is not in my top five, but this is not a Super Mario three situation. Super Mario World's fantastic <laughs> game. It just didn't make it in my top five. I love that game. It's a great game. Not my top five Super Nintendo games. Just happens to where it sits. So there you go. But my number three game is Mega Man X. Mm. That game, I just think it slaps. I can get through that game in like an hour. I absolutely love it. I have so much fun. It's a bit on the easy side. I I, I heard that's a criticism, but I actually think that's kind of why I love it. It's just an easy, breezy experience with amazing fucking music. It does so many wondrous things for the Mega Man franchise in terms of how it just, the pace is faster. The action just feels more put together. Like this is the 16 bit Mega Man experience. I like Mega Man seven, but it pales in comparison to Mega Man X. It's such a good game. I even think that like Mega Man X is so good. It might be my favorite in the entire series of eight games. Now, granted there are some stinkers in that series, but it might be my favorite Mega Man game, period. It's so well put together. I I, I damn near want to say it's flawless, which is it says a lot about the two games I have in front of it. But in terms of an action platformer, this is just one tremendously put together game. And I absolutely love it. And if you have not played Mega Man X before, like what what are you how how are you listening to this? I mean, granted, there's probably a lot of blind spots in my video game library as well. So go play Mega Man X. It's, do you know the Mega Man formula? It's you got eight robot masters. You fight them, you get their weapons, and you go kill a boss. And it's not Wily, it's Sigma, because that's the boss in every single Mega Man game. Oh, and you can learn how to do a Hadouken. You can do a Hadouken in Mega Man X with all these power-ups you get. And there's power-ups you collect. And I don't know. I don't. I, I really hope we do a review of Mega Man X one day uh, because it is a game I deeply love, as you can tell. Uh, but that's my number three is, is yeah. I'm going to say Mega Man X one more time. There it is. My yeah. And you know what? I, I hope we do an episode on it as well because that will give so me good. an opportunity to play it. Number two. All right. Number two, moving right up the list. I, you know, hmm, how do I want to approach this? If you know me at all, nothing about the the latter part of this episode is going to shock you. My number two is Contra 3, The Alien mm. Wars. And I feel like I've said all I've had to say about this game like many times over in various locations. Uh on on this show and probably elsewhere but like damn this is such a good game it's so good it's is it difficult yes absolutely but uh it's it's worth it it's worth the time investment to to see the thing through just everything i won't say perfect because i don't think anything is perfect but this game is close it has, it's the whole package. It's got everything. It's fantastic artwork. Um, it nails the post-apocalyptic alien slash sort of demonish invasion aesthetic. It really leans into that H.R. Giger-esque sort of, you know, vibe. Uh, the 
the gameplay itself is is tight and uh, really rewarding. The sound design is fantastic. The music fucking slaps. Like the bosses are huge and imposing. Uh, the only downside are their attempt at fucking doing that mode seven shit. Like if we could get rid of that one desert yeah. level, it'd be a perfect game. But you know, there. I guess I guess there's got to be something. But yeah, man, Contra Three is so fucking good. Uh, and and that's why it's number two on my list. All right, my number two is Final Fantasy Four mm. or two or whatever. I'm just gonna call it four. We know what that means. Look, I. I even have to say this. Final Fantasy V is rapidly approaching this game. Final Fantasy V almost made this list. But for now, it's still Final Fantasy IV. It's just such a stereotypical tropic JRPG, but it was released in the time when those tropes were being established. So this is kind of the foundation of everywhere that JRPGs would go for the foreseeable future. It has a nice, balanced difficulty. I know you know, a lot of people for a long time said the game was pretty hard because there's a hard type and the American type, which is easier. But both types are, I think, really balanced. I think even the American version has some, like, some tendencies to be a little more difficult in areas because they take away some moves and stuff like that. But I, ultimately, it, it doesn't really matter. They're, they're both fantastic games. I mean, they're the same game. But it's just a game that has a, a very traditional story with more traditional combat, the gameplay is balanced. Every single character has their own abilities and the, their own strengths and weaknesses that they bring to the party. And they're locked into those and learning how to strategize around that is, is critical. The ATB system that they introduced in this game would become a staple up until final fantasy nine. And then with 10, they got rid of it, but they kind of brought it back in 12 and 13 sort of, but just uh, such a staple of the series in and of itself you have great heroes, great characters, a little bit cheesy on the deaths, but overall, like this is an adventure that to me, it just speaks to nostalgia. It never tries to get too heavy or serious, but at the same time, it's not entirely goofy or, or insultingly simple. It is a, a quintessential fundamental RPG experience on the console. And that's what makes Final Fantasy IV so special. Not to mention the amazing soundtrack by Nobuo Uematsu. Now, the graphics, yeah, they they could they look like a very much improved Nintendo game, at least on the overworld map. You get into the battle map, it's 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 much, you know, much, much better. But uh, especially the music is much, much better. But this is this is an example of what I think I want to go play a retro. RPG. This is this is the game that defines that. And there are probably people who can put this in the words so much better because Final Fantasy IV is a favorite amongst many Final Fantasy fans. Maybe not as much as six or seven or even nine, but four is one of those standout titles in the series. And it's my standout title in the series. This is my favorite Final Fantasy game. So Final Fantasy IV is my number two for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. That's a good pick. Yeah, even as someone who hasn't played a ton of Final Fantasy, although more having done this show for the past several years now, but... Uh, You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, FF4 is right up there for me. Number one. 
All right, here we are. Numero uno, the big, the big kahuna, the big cheese, the number one that everyone was expecting. It's linked to the past, the legend of Zelda. Yeah, no, I'm fucking kidding. It's turtles in time. Like what, (laughs) what, what did you expect? Although I love that we've done a favorite Super Nintendo's games like Flight and fucking Link to the Past did not show up at all. I'm sure there's nope. going to be some salt somewhere about that. But, or Metroid. Yeah, or Super Metroid, yeah. Uh, but you know what? Like we said, this is subjective. And I actually didn't even own Link to the Past for my Super Nintendo. I think I ended up borrowing it from a friend at some point. So... I just didn't have the experience with that, but I did have a whole lot of experience with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the Turtles in Time, and uh, I played the shit out of that game. And uh, it's, in my opinion, and I think I think it's the best beat 'em up ever. I know that Chris disagrees with me on that because his favorite game of all time is, in fact, a beat 'em up that is not Indeed. Turtles in Time. It is not. Uh, but uh, to me, I think it's the best one. I I love it. I can always sit down and replay it. I will never say no to playing Turtles in Time. It's something that I can get through in about 25-ish minutes, give or take. And it's it's just always a good time. It is such a well-put-together game. I, I love everything about it. I will take no criticisms. Turtles in Time <laughs> is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you said it all. That was my number four. I'm glad I deferred my time to you for that one because <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic game. It really is. A little a little too short, a little too easy. Well, maybe not easy, but we'll talk about that in a future episode. Maybe wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm. But uh, it's yeah, it's, it's a it's a really fun time, especially with a friend. All right, my number one. Well, Final Fantasy IV is my number two, and I love JRPGs. My number one has to be another JRPG, right? But I would which assume. one? Which one? I, and I said Final Fantasy IV is my favorite Final Fantasy, so you know it's not Final Fantasy. Mm. But it is a Squaresoft game, and my number one game for the Super Nintendo is Chrono Trigger. Well, I'm glad you said it. I, <laughs> I, I didn't want to get through this entire episode without Chrono Trigger being brought up somehow. I mean, if we already weren't getting pilloried for... <laughs> <laughs> you know, a link to the past or Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. We were we would have gotten pilloried for Chrono Trigger or Super Castlevania Four, for that matter. Uh, uh, hey, man, a lot of people um, like that game. It's not bad, but uh, um, it's a fine game. But uh, Chrono Trigger is is my number one. It's just it's everything like everything I said about Final Fantasy Four. Just amplify it slightly for Chrono Trigger. This is everything you want your retro JRPG to be. The graphics are outstanding. The soundtrack is outstanding. The gameplay is outstanding. There's there's very little flaws with it. I I, I enjoy the story, even though it's simplistic. I, I do like Final Fantasy IV is a little bit better. But the time travel mechanic, I think, is handled absolutely perfectly. In, in a situation that could go horribly, horribly wrong... Like they they don't miss. They they mask a lot of things and they do it very cleverly. And making small adjustments in the past and seeing what they do in the future, uh, towards the end game and your side quests, like those are those are nice touches. And even how it affects like the overall plot uh, when you're going through the game as well. It's just one of those games that's special, and it should be. It was meant to be special. It was designed to be special. It did come 
from the the greatest minds of the time when it came to JRPGs. You have Yuji Hori, you have uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi, you have uh, Mitsuda Uematsu, Akira Toriyama. So you have some of the best minds behind Final Fantasy and some of the best minds behind Dragon Quest coming together to make what was supposed to be the ultimate RPG of the time, and they succeeded. This absolutely nailed every expectation you could possibly hope to achieve. So Chrono Trigger, I, I wouldn't say it's my number one RPG of the era. That's that's probably a hot take what my number one is. I won't talk about that today. I, I, I've said it, if you watch the streams, you or uh, been on other shows, I've said it before, I don't know where, but uh, Chrono Trigger is definitely my number two 16-bit RPG of all time, and uh, probably my number three favorite RPG ever. And it's a special, special game, and if you have not played it, you need to try it out for your Super Nintendo Entertainment System. All right, well, there you have it. Our top five Super Nintendo games. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything terribly surprising in either of our lists. Uh, I mean, Lawnmower Man might have come out of left field for some people, I think, but... A little bit. Yeah, but I think... You know what? I think overall, it's, I think we that we we were pretty on brand. So, uh, so yeah. If you... Uh, you know what? If you have any feedback about this or, or any of our episodes, then the best way to provide that would probably just be to jump into our public Discord because we're in there pretty much all the time. So, uh... Why don't you do that? And uh, you can do that by just heading over to our link tree. So just go to linktree slash retro hangover. You can find our discord, hop on in, get into that episode discussion channel and be like, hey, Shane, um, what the fuck? Like, where, where's all the, where's the Zelda? And who is this man who, what mows lawns? I do not understand when there are so <laughs> many other games that are, probably objectively better. Um, and then I will promptly boot you from the discord server. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that, but, uh, but no, please feel that. free to hop in. Um, we always have something good popping off in there. So, uh, it is a good time. And, uh, you know what, while you're at that link tree, you can check out some other stuff too. We've got our, our Patreon, which you can hop into for as little as $1 a month to get access to uh, a whole bunch of extra content that we've got out there. We got, we got a bunch just waiting for you. And uh, you can also check out the merch store if you'd like to get some RHP swag. And uh, we got our socials as well as the YouTubes and also the Twitch streams. And uh, Chris, when, when do we do the Twitch streams? Well, if you head over to twitch.tv slash Retro Hangover at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S., on Sundays, you can see us playing video games most of the time. You know, sometimes we, you know, there's major events or we have life events or something like that. We may not be able to make it. But for the most part, if you head over to twitch.tv slash Retro Hangover, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays, I'll be playing games poorly or Shane will be getting scared by them. And you should head over there for great conversations, great company, especially if you have be nothing better to do, because it's Sunday night. What is there really for you to do? You're already depressed because you got to go to work the next day. True. At least try to get something fulfilling in your life by swinging by our uh, Twitch stream and hanging out with the fantastic people there who have great things to say. So once again, that's twitch.tv slash retro hangover. Swing on by and give us a sub. All righty. Well, I suppose with all that being said... Until next time.
Now you're playing with joysticks. Super joysticks.